This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Swings here and he drives one deep in the center. Puig is racing back, still going back. He looks up, it's gone! Over the center field wall for Hunter Pence. Pence will touch them all and score them all. A grand slam for Hunter Pence. It's not easy when it's tough. That's when you find out what you're made of. You get so much Brisby in your ears if you want it. If you want Brisby, oh gosh, you get it. Anybody want coffee? I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Yes! 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 I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. You're listening to The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Episode 6 of The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby. It's presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm Grant Brisby. I'm here with Hunter Pence, and we are going to talk about baseball. Oh. And we're like trying to plan this show out, and Hunter, you basically stopped and said, you know what? I just want to do free jazz. I just want to talk about every team. I want to get into it because you got so much on your mind. How are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm so excited. And I poured that cup of coffee while you were talking on purpose right into the mic. So uh, you get that feeling of the coffee shop baseball talk. You wanted to do top five, but there's just so many stories going on. We're into April. We're kind of getting some of the juice. We're kind of feeling it out. And uh, there's some good flow going on, Grant. You know, I was making notes for this show and I'm going through all 30 teams. I do want to talk about almost all 30 teams. All of them have just like you're starting to get a sense of them. You're you're into May. The first month is done. You know, last year at this time, when you're this many games in, it's basically halfway through the season, which is just bizarre to think about. But it's still early. We still have kind of our finger on on the a little bit on the pulse of some of these teams. What team? So all these teams, which one are you just dying to talk about right now? Okay, I mean, there's so many. I'm I'm dying to talk about so many, but let's start with the powerhouses. Let's start with like who we think is for real strong and 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 showing promise and and doing great things. Let's let's start with that. And we'll go for like kind of a top 5 teams that just like jump out at us right now that we're really looking at, Grant. Let's start with that. Okay. Now you were talking about the Cardinals. You're buying into the Cardinals. The Cardinals are surging as of this recording. They're sharing first place in the NL Central. We shouldn't be surprised. The Cardinals haven't been bad since like 2006. I, I think I looked it up. The last time they were bad, they had like Scott Spezio playing third base. It's been a while. You knew the Cardinals were going to be in it. So they're not surprising. Even when you got Goldschmidt, you got DeYoung, uh, you know, Matt Carpenter, they're all scuffling a little bit. They're, they're finding their sea legs. The Cardinals are just doing Cardinals things. They are pitching, they're hitting a little bit, and they're winning, right? The Cardinals pitching right now is actually just middle of the pack. Like I'm looking at the the team ERAs right now, and they're barely above league average. But Goldschmidt has a tendency to have some cold starts. Like we're just getting into May. Like you know he's been there. Like where he'll be like 250 halfway through May, and then he's going to end the season you know close to 300 with 30 homers and 100 RBIs. This is typical, and he's going to get hot as the temperature heats up. 
Arenado, he's driving in runs, he's doing his thing, but he's going to get better. That lineup's going to do good. I think their pitching's going to get better. I think they have just a whole bunch of upside. And they're like kind of a... Cardinals are a team that just does the little things right. And they typically are one of those teams that ramps and just gets better and gets better and like peaks towards the end of the season, especially with like Molina, great leadership, great players. So like the fact that they, they had kind of a okay start and, you know, you see them start to like get in the tops with the record. I think they just got a lot of upside. Yadier Molina going on the shelf with a strained foot was a bummer because he's doing that resurgence thing. You know, he is absolutely raking and I wanted to see if he could keep it going. I mean, I'm at the point where I'm not surprised by anything. If, if you've got a 38-year-old guy having a career best season, like it's baseball in 2021. Maybe he's figured something out as long as he stays healthy. I'm buying into it. So I was really kind of disappointed that, that he got hurt because he was absolutely raking. He's like the the fine wine, man. He just keeps getting better with age, especially as a hitter. Uh, and he's just always had the natural, like, top-tier catching, incredible, like, literally mastered the mechanics, but also just incredible feel for a game, working with the pitchers, getting the most out of them. Super impressive. So, obviously, the Cardinals are, are a team that I'm, like, really enjoying watching this season, and they're starting to rise. So, I have them in the top five, 100%. I'm not sure where, but they're definitely, like, they're in the championship hunt type season from my perspective right now. All right, you know, I just did some power rankings for The Athletic and the unanimous number one pick was still the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers are not, uh, as of this recording, quite in first place. At the same time, they're the freaking Dodgers. You know what I mean? Like, you have to expect that they're going to be at the top of almost everything. The wrinkle now is that they are a little dinged up. You've got Dustin May going down to Tommy John surgery. You had in the beginning, you had... Oh, wow, David Price isn't going to get a rotation spot, and Tony Gonsolin's not going to get a rotation spot. Well, they're both banged up, even though the Dodgers need a fifth starter. They have, you know, Cody Bellinger has missed quite a bit of time. They're just slightly, you know, looking like they might be the tiniest bit vulnerable, but they're still the Dodgers, right? Yeah, they're the Dodgers, and they're a very, very intelligent organization. They have a lot of injuries, and, and to me, I'm going to go to the ERA. I'm going to go to, like, your bullpen is the backbone of this Dodgers team for a, for so many years. Their bullpens have just been absolutely insane. But one of the good things is that they keep getting these guys that you haven't really heard of and turning them into just incredible bullpen pitchers. But these guys right here, like Tommy Conley, Joe Kelly, Corey Kniebel, and Bruce R. Gratterall, Caleb Ferguson as well, incredible lefty. That many bullpen arms, and those are really, really, really big-time arms. Joe Kelly is like, wherever team he's on keeps going to the World Series. He's been a part of so many playoff runs. This dude's an electric, electric picture. You know, and then, like you said, Dustin May going down, Bellinger being down. So it's a lot of injuries. It's going to depend on those guys coming back and, you know, some of their their other young bullpen arms, you know, coming through. They're, they're obviously, like... They won the World Series last year. They're still just absolutely stacked. They have that many bullpen injuries, and uh, you know that's going to take a toll on any team. But there's arguments that the Padres are up there with them. The NL West is absolutely a powerhouse division. Like they are incredibly good. You know? Did you know that the Arizona Diamondbacks right now are two games above 500? Right. I mean, I've been watching their rise. A lot of teams are struggling with injuries and you have a, you know, the Diamondbacks are no different. They've got uh, Widener down. They've got Kettle Marte down. At the same time, they're winning and they, they're surging after a slow start. And a lot of the ways that they're doing it, like 
they seem sustainable. Like, for example, Carson Kelly, like he is just having this outstanding surge the year. He's hitting well over 300 with power. He has more walks than strikeouts. And in the past, you might look at this and go, oh, you know what? It's early. You know, everyone can have a hot month. But you look under the hood and he's barreling way more balls than he used to. He's he's taking more pitches. He's having better swings on those pitches. He's like driving this resurgence. And then you look around the rest of the roster and you can kind of see it. You can kind of see the Diamondbacks. Okay, if it's going to work, this is how it's going to look. Bumgarner rounds into form. Zach Gallon's back. I don't know. I'm not not selling the, you know, I'm not shorting the Diamondbacks stock. I'm not not believing, basically. Well, look, I brought up the Diamondbacks because nobody's talking about them. They're in the NL West with the Dodgers, the Padres, and oh, by the way, San Francisco Giants, second in the league in ERA, first in the division ahead of the Dodgers and the Padres. And in this same division, the Diamondbacks are above 500. This is an incredibly strong NL West division. And like they all had to beat each other up last year. It was such a powerhouse, the West. And, and obviously the Dodgers, the best team from the West, won the World Series. And I just think that the Padres right now, because of the health and everything, and they're, and they're pitching, man, they're doing it. And when Tatis is healthy, this dude, he's on a different planet. Like the home run he hit off of Gossman, I'm sure you saw it because it was on you know, MLB Instagram. 95, like six inches off the outside corner, he takes it like five rows deep down the right field line. Like he just absolutely changes the game and changes the organization and and leads with confidence and passion. The Padres do it all. And like you said, the Diamondbacks are a good team and like who knows how far they can go. But I got the Padres as the number one team right now. I'm tempted to go Padres. I, I really am. The four names that keep coming back to me though are Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, Urias. Like when you have those four starters and the Dodgers are dinged up, they want Bellinger back for sure. They want, you know, a lot of things to be different about this season. But those four names have been rocks and it's hard to compete with those four guys, man. Those are four talented guys doing talented things right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take Bueller and Urias right now. I mean, obviously Kershaw is, is Kershaw. I think those two are like, like last year in the playoffs, Urias just his performance in the playoffs last year was like he was pitching four or five games ending team seasons he was the guy on the mound finishing it off like that's killer mentality that's like that's it and uh he's definitely something special he's still young so like it, Bueller and, and and him are gonna be a tough tandem and yeah you can definitely argue the Dodgers for sure I'm just saying right now I got the Padres they can compete with them they can pitch with them uh you Darvish nasty snell can step up to anyone they have clutch performers and they have big time names that can match the dodgers if there is a gap it is not far and by the way let's get into some of the other teams so obviously dodgers padres and we can dive deeper i want to i want to pull up but i like that the san diego padres right now are the league leader in era like i'm gonna buy into the team with the bullpen and a team that's pitching and they have the offense as well and incredible defense so it's like it's a it's a they're both complete rosters if we're going to talk about the Dodgers and how they're dinged up, the Padres have more rotation talent on the IL than most teams have in like a five-year span. You've got Lamette on the DL, uh, Chris Paddock is on the DL, Maury Hollins on the DL right now, Clevenger, of course, is going to miss the season. So that's like four pitchers where if they were healthy and they were in a rotation, you'd look at that rotation and go, holy shnikes, that is a great rotation. That's all on the IL and the Padres can still pitch. It's bananas. 
They have a deep, deep, deep roster, and their bullpen, Mark Melanson, Drew Pomeranz, these guys, Tim Hill, the nasty lefty, Kiona Keela, he's disgusting. You know, it's just, <laughs> they have a deep, deep roster, and it's going to be fun to watch. You can't you can't make a bad pick if you're picking the Padres or the Dodgers. Another team that I think we need to hit on that I do believe is in the top five and is not there with the record just yet is the New York Yankees. They are hot. They had a terrible start, which is sometimes one of the best blessings you can get because you have that come-together meeting where you're like, hey, what are we going to do about this? And, man, they are just pumping out the Ws right now. The Yankees are third in the league in all of Major League Baseball and ERA. Very close, 3.02. They got a lot, a lot, a lot of weapons. They do. And it's funny to think it wasn't that long ago that they were hearing boos from the hometown fans and, and the, there were questions about the offense and the lineup and they just weren't scoring. You knew the Yankees were going to score. You knew Judge and Stanton were going to do something. I mean, they're not a fully functional Death Star just yet, but you knew they were going to score. And so you're looking at, okay, what's happening on the pitching side? And well, Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. Corey Kluber is, has really rounded into form. I think he was just an AL pitcher of the week. But the bullpen, the bullpen you've got, you know, Chapman is untouchable. Chapman, as of this recording, 24 strikeouts against 35 batters. That's filthy. Uh, you've got Chad <laughs> Green doing things. You have uh, Loa Siga is, is becoming this late inning arm. The Yankees, are, they can pitch. They can pitch. And if they can pitch, well, you knew they could probably hit. So they're a team to be scared of for sure. I think the Yankees are, are, are kind of like in that Cardinals realm where it's like guys that are tried and true, have done it forever, off to some slow starts. They're going to get there. I'm picking the Yankees right now in the AL East. They're my, my pick to click. There's at least five teams that are tough to like take out of this top five category. Who are you taking for your fifth one? Are you agreeing with these four for now? You know, ask me in an hour and it's going to be different. I would I would say Dodgers. I would say Padres. Uh, I would say for sure those two teams. And then after that, it's it's like this amorphous blend of, yeah, Cardinals, I, I'm buying into the Astros. I'm, I'm, I think are better than their record. The Yankees are better than their record. But I think we have to probably talk about the White Sox. Uh, even with, with Louis Robert going down, they are just a good team. We knew they were going to be a good team. Uh, Rodon is back. This is a team that looks like we thought they were going to look before the season started. That was the team that uh, I was definitely taking for my fifth spot, for sure, in this in this list. But they have some guys that are down. Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, and uh, who was the other one? There's one other like really big position player down, but their pitching is going to be good. Lance Lynn, the, the werewolf, is back. I think... Yeah, with Rodon having the season he's having, that's some some big-time hitters. Liam Hendricks, how's he pitching right now? Liam Hendricks is, I believe he was scuffling a little bit, but he's rounded back into form. Like, the ERA is close to four, but when you look, again, under the hood, one walk to 19 strikeouts in 11 in a, in a third innings. I mean, that, that tells you he's okay, missing yeah, bats. He just had a he's, bad outing. He, and it's early. exactly you're looking at like Dallas Keuchel you're looking at Giolito like the ERAs aren't where you might want them to be but you expect those guys to give you something you know Rodon, Lynn, uh, Dylan Cease uh, they're looking like a team a complete complete team right now I want to see Lance Lynn go deep in the playoffs he's been doing just incredible things the last couple of years and and not a huge spotlight on him but he is a absolute just savage he's an amazing pitcher and I think this like like following him and the White Sox and and La Russa I haven't gotten to watch any of their games have you noticed any difference with La Russa being part of the White Sox managing I'm a big fan we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors 
you might see the starting pitching go a little bit longer than you might otherwise expect if you're watching a lot of modern baseball. La Russa is bringing a little bit of that old school mentality. Unless something's going really wrong, you shouldn't be noticing the managers, at least from a from an outside perspective. It's not like basketball or something where you see the coach pacing on the sideline at all times and, you know, making the moves and doing all that. The manager, if things are working somewhat right, as long as the bullpen is functional, you're not really noticing you're noticing when they're putting the wrong pitchers in the wrong spots or this or that and otherwise it's it's going to be you know pretty hard to to pay attention to yeah i think you have to be on the inside to really notice that but you know i've read most of his book and i've also played against him for many years in my early career and there's more going on with what he's doing than what you see as a fan and like for instance you might not know this, but like when you went into St. Louis and LaRusso was the manager of the Cardinals, you never had the same BP time ever because he knew that baseball players were routine oriented and he would change it just by two, three minutes. It would be like your BP start time is like, uh, let's just say 424. And then the next day it would be 427. And then the next day it would be like 417. Like just some weird time that was never, never like an even or, or, or multiple of five or 10, like ever. He just like did little things. And like, he was very strict on like body language and, and he's really good. And like listening to like uh, Ryan Terrio talk about ways that he talked about games and how he lets the players and the team know like what really matters. What are the little things that we can do right? So he does a lot of things like it's almost like um just a great symphony of of a season and like usually like he was one of those guys that like the cardinals always like would peak towards the end because he's just very disciplined and very on top of making every little decision correct in, in the long run. So that's what, another reason why I'm, I'm I'm putting the White Sox in the top five is because I believe in La Russa. I believe in the talent of these players. I believe in Lance Lynn and their pitching staff. I'm a big fan of Liam Hendricks and his passion and uh, intensity to close out games. So, you know, they have an incredible, incredible offensive lineup, by the way. Tim Anderson, one of the best shortstops in the game right now. Adam Eaton, he's been there. He's done that. World Series champion and my one big like young guy that I love because I got to play against him in the Dominican is the Yerminator, Yerman Marcetis, <laughs> baby. If you haven't seen him, then he's fun to watch. Yeah, I was wondering if you, if you were going to bring him up because we talked about him on one of the first episodes that we did. And, you know, still rolling, still rolling. And it's, it's again, I get so stuck in that sense of, oh, it's early, we can't know anything. But it's got that feel that like when Donovan Solano broke out and you could say, okay, his, his batting average on balls in play was high. And what did he do for the, you know, when he was in his 20s? Why is he so good in his 30s? But when he watched it, you just saw it. You just saw a guy who just barreled a, a barrel ball. And Mercedes is, is that kind of hitter right now. He is, I don't know if he's going to threaten 400 all season, but it's just, you know, barrel to ball. Like it's just, you are just, he's just making the solid contact and he's doing exactly what the White Sox want him to do. I mean, he's pitched an inning. I mean, this guy's fun. <laughs> He's, he's a lot of fun. Yeah, he is. He it actually kind of reminds me of a young Pablo Sandoval. Like, great passion, great hands, great fun, great smile. And, I mean, that's that's a huge call because, like, Pablo is one of, in my opinion, one of the best ever, like, one of the most fun baseball players to watch of our time. But he has kind of that vibe, that fun, having a good time, like, great hands, great athleticism, big guy, that sort of vibe. So it's fun to watch the Yerminator. It's fun to watch Pablo. Now, I want to give, like, since we, we both kind of agreed, are we all in a perfect agreement with the top five? Like, those are the top five, and I think there's at least, let's, I want to give, like, a three just, like, right in that range, like, three more teams but I want to know if you're, you're, you're on the same top five. Cardinals, White Sox, Padres, Dodgers, Yankees. 
I'm not going to disagree with any of the top five. Let me put it that way. Like, if you ask me to choose between the Brewers and the Cardinals right now, like, I don't, ha- I'm not going to like stake my claim on either one of those teams. No, no, it's it's definitely there. Yeah, I agree. But like, if you have to pick, like, it's not like this is definitely true. It's like if you have to pick, who are you picking? All right, I think I'm going Dodgers. Padres, I I do believe in the Yankees and what they're doing. I do believe in the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I think, I think that's it. You know, White Sox, I'm obviously believing that this is leaving out a lot of good teams though. You're leaving out what the, the Brewers are doing, what the Giants are doing. You're leaving out what the Astros are doing. You know, they, they've outscored their opponents by a lot. So their record might not be super shiny, but when you talk about the runs scored, runs allowed, they're doing really, really good things. So I might almost want to bring the Astros up. I know that would make A's fans yell at me. So you got to mention the A's. Like there's just so many teams that are just right at that top tier or or threat to bust through at least and you're completely just no credit to the boston red sox i know i know i know and here's the thing about the red sox because i was looking at looking them up and if you before the season you tell me all right the red sox are going to be interesting how are they going to do it i'm going to be well bogarts and devers and martinez and vertigo like they're all going to be having you know strong seasons that's how the red sox are interesting and guess what all four of those guys are having really good seasons and so why am i surprised maybe i shouldn't be the red sox are, are pretty darn solid a lot of talk before the season. So there's a couple a couple crazy disappointments right now. And I'm not one to be like negative. It's just I'm shocked at three teams in particular that were kind of expected to be great this year. And I don't know what exactly is going on. These things happen. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. It's not fun to be in this position. But I'm very like I was expecting the Twins to be incredible this year. They've been incredible for a long time. And they, you know, Byron Buxton, player of the month, by the way. My cousin who lives in Minnesota was like, you need to talk about Byron Buxton. And he like gave me all of his stats. AL player of the month today, slashing 397 with a 1254 OPS and eight home runs. Top three in the league in war and defensive runs saved. So I don't know what's happening. I haven't watched the games, but the Twins, man, can they come back? Can they dig themselves out of this? They've outscored their opponents on the season. So like they should have a better record. But when you're looking at record like that, okay, is it a bullpen problem? You know, their bullpen isn't in shambles. Taylor Rogers is doing his thing. You know, you have Caleb Thielbar doing his thing. You just have these weird islands of disappointment. Like Kenta Maeda is not the pitcher that he was last year. You have uh, Sano. He's on the injured list, but he's he's hitting, you know, way under the Mendoza line. You have a lot of things going right. You've got Buxton going right. You have Nelson Cruz, who I guess will just never stop playing. I guess he's going to be 50 and hitting like 50 home runs. The Julio Franco of our time. Exactly. Yeah, it's the Julio Franco of our time. He's just going to keep hitting forever. You know, no big deal. Uh, You have Pineda is back and doing like he's looking like his old self, his pre-injury self. So it's not just like a disappointment across the board. And that's what makes me think the twins are just going to shake it off. Go bananas for a couple weeks and then we'll be back talking about how good the twins are. Okay, I definitely think it's possible. No one would have expected them to be where they are right now. That's a big shock. Another big shock. And this was my pick to win the World Series. And I know you know who I'm going to bring up right here. They have the worst ERA in the league right now. And it's absolutely uh, kind of a tough to believe because they brought in Charlie Morton. They brought in Drew Smiley. And I know he's having a rough time right now. And when he get, figures things out, Drew Smiley can be as good as anybody. Uh, but the Atlanta Braves are... There's definitely time to make comebacks and pull what the Yankees did. And I and I think these teams definitely have a chance to do that. But right now, yeah, what's going on with the Braves? I'm rooting for them. They were my pick. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't want to look silly. You pick a team to win the World Series, you, you at least want them to finish over 500. But, you know, you've got Max Fried. So one of the things with the weird truncated season last year is that you get weird stats like this. And Max Fried last year made 11 starts. He finished fifth in the Cy Young voting. He made 11 starts last year, and he allowed 14 earned runs. He's made three starts this year. He's allowed 14 earned runs. You know, he's already allowed as many earned runs as he allowed last year. And the Braves are getting those weird hiccups across the board. I watched Drew Smiley when he pitched, uh, when he pitched last year, he looked good. And I wanted the Giants to re-sign him. He had that slider working. He was missing bats, but he's, he's got gopheritis now. He cannot keep the ball on the ballpark. You just have these pockets of weirdness. You know, Charlie Morton, he's got great component stats. He's striking guys out. He's, he's not allowing a ton of home runs or walks, but his ERA is over five. You have these pockets of weirdness and it's adding up to an ERA that's, you know, busting out over the five uh, ERA mark. That's a great baseball organization. I'm hoping uh, there's another a good turnaround there. They're a fun team to watch. You know, Freddie Freeman, MVP last year, Ronald Cunha, just star-studded lineup. So we'll see what happens with them. You know, definitely shocked they're here. And my last team that I'm kind of shocked about, they're not playing that bad, but just how excited I was for them this season with the moves they made this offseason. I probably need to look at the injuries because they're pitching. There's Actually, there's two teams that are pitching pretty good, and, and I can't believe they are where they are. Like fifth in the league in ERA and sixth in the league in ERA. And and they're both, I think, a little under 500. So they're still in, in the runnings, and they can make a push. But the Mets and the Blue Jays. The Mets and the Blue Jays. The Mets, the Mets in just the NL East in general is is really kind of confusing. I mean, you have the the Nationals are all of a sudden right at the top with the 500 record. You have the Mets and the Phillies. Just every time they play, something funny happens, and you know it's it's almost like it's gallows humor because these teams should should be much 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 better. It's it's like you know the Mets just fired their their hitting coaches, you know Chili Davis, and they should be better. And they can be, and we're still really early. And I don't think any of these teams that, like, who's winning the NL East right now? Like, are they all, like, just at 500? We're recording on Tuesday. The Nationals are the only team at 500. Then you have the Mets and the Phillies right below them, one game under 500. The Braves are just two games back for as much as they've struggled. The Marlins are decimated by injuries, and they're just two and a half games back, even though they're five games under 500. So it's just a funny, funny, funny division right now. To be fair, then, I guess these teams that are shockingly, especially like in the NL East, that are shockingly not performing great just yet or what you could have potentially expected. I guess it's tough to also say because the NL East is all those teams are expected to win and they all have great pitching. The pitching in that division is incredible. I mean, we're talking DeGrom, you know, Stroman doing what Stroman's doing. So the Mets are definitely, if the league is that tight, man, that's going to be a fun one to follow. Even if they're all at 500 because the Phillies are exciting, that whole division has incredible stuff. So I'm glad they're all tight and the Braves can make, can being worst and only two games back with ERA, uh, you got to think that they're going to make some adjustments. So I'm going to definitely enjoy watching that NL East. Wow, what a what a story that is. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network, you're there to look for jobs, you're there to post jobs, and how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job 
job changes or which accounts you should prioritize and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. It's just a fascinating division, and I'm going to go off on a tangent, and then we'll, we'll all circle back. But I said, you know, the Mets fired one of their hitting coaches, Chili Davis, and I looked to my left, and I just want the people to know who they're listening to. I looked to my left, and I have a Chili Davis giveaway bat. I got this when I was five years old for uh, at the Giants game, Candlestick Park, and it's sponsored by Atari. So you're listening to the podcast to a guy who just happens to mention Chili Davis next to a Chili Davis promotional bat that he got when uh, he was he was five years old. So we'll get back on track. We'll get back on track. You know, I respect that and I appreciate that. I mean, the baseball world and the baseball life is tough. When things are going wrong, sometimes the they got to like make some adjustment and it's not always, you know, the person who deserves it or who knows, you know, it's I will say that my heart got ripped out a lot throughout my career with people getting fired and you don't think it's necessarily their fault and you're going to you really miss them. I actually Speaking of that, I had crazy dreams about one of my hitting coaches that got fired and I thought was awesome. And uh, <laughs> so, like, it's funny that this comes up in this in this episode, but uh, Rick Shue was uh, just this amazing guy. Every day you saw him and he just, like, brought the energy and he was like, we're going to we're gonna crush. It's hitting season. Let's go. You know, just like this amazing guy that would work and grind. So, like, I uh, feel for Chili and his family and, uh, you know, that's definitely no fun. But I do want to talk about three teams that – I want you to pick your three because you keep agreeing with all of my teams. So you pick your three teams that you think could also fight for that. You only get three more that could fight for that fifth spot or or deserve to be in the top five that we didn't put in. All right. You know what? I'm going to be, I'm just going to put on my Homer hat and I'm just going to talk about the Giants for a little bit because the Giants, if you had told me before the season that their pitching would A, be effective and B, be healthy, I would have said, okay, yeah, they're going to have a, a really good April. You know, they might even finish above 500 in April if you're giving me the pitching because the offense, I have no questions about the offense. But the, the lineup has been really disappointing in a lot of respects, and I'm not buying it. Like, I, I look at these hitters, and they're dinged up. You know, Solano is on the, the IL. You have Yastrzemski on the IL, Estella on the IL. But they're not hitting up to their potential, and that was like the given. That was the, uh, you know, you came into the season thinking, well, the Giants are going to hit a little bit, and if they could pitch a little bit, they'll, you know, put it all together like Voltron. So I'm, I'm waiting for the hitting to round into form. I keep waiting for it, and so I'm buying into the Giants. I think they're better than a lot of people gave them credit for before the season. All right, that's one. All right, I'm going to go Astros. All right, Astros. I like it. You know, they're just a little bit over 500 as of this recording, but they are scoring more runs than their opponents by a good deal. You have uh, Gurriel, uh, Alvarez, Bregman, Brantley, Carlos Correa. They're all hitting. The rotation is all pitch. Or the rotation is all uh, pitching well. You've got Valdez hopefully coming back soon. There's a, just a little weirdness in the bullpen, but it's not like a tire fire in the bullpen. So I look at their record. I look at what they're doing with runs scored, runs allowed. And I'm buying into it. Astros are another one. 
Fair. There's no wrong answers. I mean, <laughs> the Astros have been tried and true, and they always seem to find a way to get it done. And uh, what would be your third one? Third one, I'm going to go with the Reds. And I'm going to go with what? the Reds because... Whoa, that's a... Oh, now we've got a disagreement because they can mash. They've got some weirdness. They have, uh, you know, their defense is a little rough around the edges. But I believe in Suarez. I think he's going to come, you know, he's he's striking out uh, a lot. But I think he's going to round into form a little bit. I think, you know, I always trust Votto. I don't care if he's 37. Uh, Castellanos is doing well. I kind of buy into the rotation a little bit. Their main problem so far has been a little bit of bullpen weirdness. Bullpen weirdness. That's a big problem. Now, okay, so here's the thing. I just realized that I was talking about the Reds as a top five team. I sort of got over my skis, and I just wanted to talk about the Reds as a team that should be a little bit better. Uh, okay, okay. I was like, Milwaukee? Like, you're going to take Cincinnati over Milwaukee right now? I forgot about, like, the top guys. Just like, oh, I think the Reds are going to be better. No, you know what? I'll go with the Brewers. You are absolutely right, because... The Brewers are a pitching factory. You've got Burns, you've got Woodruff, you've got Peralta. Like, they know what they're doing. They're getting bullpen arms. And even when, like, Devin Williams struggles, they're finding arms. They're mixing and matching. They have the second worst adjusted OPS in the National League. They're just above the Pirates when it comes to hitting. They should be able to figure that out. And if the pitching's already in place... I could put the Brewers up there. You are right. It, we're talking about top five teams. Reds, I'll put you down there. You can threaten the top 15 maybe next week, but let's go Brewers. Like, just no mention at all of Boston, who's who's like, I think, they do they have the best record in the league right now? They're close to it. They're close to it. It's so hard to get that, like, confirmation bias where you're just, I wasn't thinking about the Red Sox at all. You know, I wasn't thinking about the Red Sox at all. They're kind of a big time shocker with how good they are, but Devers can hit. Verdugo was supposed to be a big part of that trade, and 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 he's doing his thing. You know, Boston, they're just getting it done right now. And 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 you know what? Like I was like, you can't get this wrong because there's a lot of teams. And then, until you said the Reds, and I was like, nope, you got it. Like the Reds are going to be fun to watch, and 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 they got Mustakas, they got leaders, they got Votto. But if I'm taking my top three, and I got a lot of time as I listen to you to kind of really look over this because there's a lot in my window here. This is what's so fun to just have coffee and and and, and pick these things, but. The Giants, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with the number two team in ERA with, with Yaz and Solano out and potentially looming and coming back. I think they just got like incredible, incredible staff. They're way underrated. They finally got moved up in the MLB power rankings. They went from 16 to 8, and I've been kind of following that. I'm still on the Giants bandwagon. I always have been, always will be. My other one, honestly, the Nationals had a really tough start, and like to miss like that for like to to go into the season and then I think they missed their whole first series with the Mets. And so they're like kind of playing an uphill battle to start. And the fact that they're already at 500, Soto's one of the best players in the game. They just have a good organization. I'm not going to put them there, but I I think that they're going to we're going to be talking about them later. Like the year they 2 years ago removed when they won the World Series, they had one of the most they they came from nowhere. They were like 19 and what was their record? It was like 19 and 37 or 27 or something, something terrible. And they come on to win the World Series. So I think that they're going to be one coming up. I'm going Boston, San Francisco, and Milwaukee. Those are my three right now that, that should could easily, they're equivalent. They belong in the top five. Leaving out, like I said, Oakland. The thing about, Grant, the thing about baseball right now that's so exciting is that so many of these teams are, are, are in the running and can make a push and have the talent to do it. Um, there's not that many teams that are like, mm, we don't have a chance. 
Right. And I thought we were going to go this whole segment without talking about the A's. And I know A's fans pretty well. They would have hated that. They would have hated that. They they are, you know, they are passionate fans who really have a strong sixth sense for disrespect. And so if we're not going to talk about the A's who have, I believe, as of this recording, the best record in the AL uh, and maybe the majors. You took the Astros, Grant. You took the Astros, A's fans. Get them. I'll hear about it. I'll hear about it. You know, the only reason that I'm skeptical about the A's is they've been outscored on the season. I think a lot of that has to do with just that abysmal start. They dug themselves a hole that was really hard to dig out from uh, runs scored, runs allowed perspective. At the same time, they're getting better. The bullpen is is getting better. One of my all-time favorite players, pitchers, uh, Yusmero Petit, he's just becoming one of the more f- most fascinating pitchers in baseball because he's so contrary to 2021 baseball. He is about hitting his spots and playing the chess match of pitching, and he is rolling. He is, you know, he's got a 4-0 record, a 1.04 ERA, and I love it. I love his success. That is like, I am always going to follow that guy, and he's he's going to pitch until he's 50. He's going to be facing Nelson Cruz on like the moon, you know, in 2000. 56. I would like to pull up his stats over the last eight years, but he could be arguably one of the best bullpen arms over the last eight years in the game. I don't think I've ever seen him like in even in the threes in ERA. Like he's usually at a two. Somewhere in the twos is where he ends up. Like over for eight years. And like nobody's like he's never this big move or talked about because he doesn't throw ninety-eight. He throws 90 but he like has like crazy deception he can hold on to the ball a long time he has the big curveball the nasty change up the high spin rate fastball and he he just can locate i owe 2014 world series to him without his performance there's no way this dude everywhere he goes the bullpen becomes better uh he's fun to be around he's always happy great guy i'm glad you brought him up petite is the man you smile He's <laughs> he is uh, just a fun, fun pitcher to watch, and you know I'm not going to pretend like that's responsible for the A's success, but it's just it's an example of the jigsaw puzzle that's going into what the A's are doing right now, and it's not like they're getting a ton of production from from Matt Chapman. It's not like they're getting you know this Bafo production all up and down the lineup. It's just everyone, give or take, is doing a little bit. I mean, Matt Olson's kind of going off. Yeah, Matt You've got Olson. Jed Lowry doing a little bit. You've, you've got Canna doing a little bit. Oriano doing a little bit. You know, the rotation, you know, Bassett, Manette, like, or Mania, like, they're doing stuff. And so I, it would, we would be remiss if we don't give the A's just a little bit of credit going in there. I feel like the A's are like the punk rock band that just goes gnarly and hard and just gets after it. They don't have, like, the Aerosmith lead singer or anything. They're just like the punk rockers that everybody loves, and they just like they like just rock star win. They like find a way to rock star win. That's just my thought. I don't know why it, that's like the the metaphor for the A's. And like when you go in there, it's like a high school football, Texas high school football game with the drums. Is what it, uh, that's another thing it reminds me of. It's an atmosphere. It's a vibe. They're definitely you know always just a fun team. So I, I know you brought them up, even though you uh, you picked the Astros over them. So. <laughs> You're gonna just you're not let you're gonna let me wear that. No, I, I I totally agree with you. It is. I grew up as a candlestick kid, right? So I'm going to candlestick, and you know I was a vendor at candlestick, and you're going there and went on to Tuesday night game against the Expos, and there's three thousand shivering souls, at, but all those three thousand people, they're there because they want to be, and they're going to yell louder, they're going to be more 
into it. And so that, that's my baseball experiences. I love just, I have a real special spot, just this place in my heart for candlestick. That's my place. And a couple of years ago, I covered an A's game for the athletic and I got the same vibes. I'm looking around, I'm going, this place is great. Everyone needs to shut up about the Coliseum. This place, there's grass on the field. There's baseball in the field. There are passionate fans in the seats. You have food trucks outside. Like there's a lot going on. I know Mount Davis screwed things up, but it's still just a fun baseball experience. And since then, I've been taking, you know, before the pandemic, I was taking my family there a lot to tailgate. And I just, I love the A's baseball experience in Oakland. It's a good time for sure. And the fans have fun. They put on a great show. I think that whoever runs the entertainment over there is 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 just amazing because they have great music. It's entertaining. And, and like the fans have a lot of fun. The colors are beautiful. Uh, like you said, everyone's tailgating. So it, it definitely is a, a, a very fun atmosphere. The only thing that I have against that stadium as a player is that there's no cage to hit in when the game's going on. So like as a pinch hitter or something there, like I'm hitting wiffle ball machine, like the wiffle balls in the freaking in the actual clubhouse, like and like the the people are like walking around trying to like do the laundry of like the batting practice dirty gear, and I'm like hitting little wiffle balls at them because there's no cage to go and hit in. Like you gotta like you have to stretch and get your timing. So, but as far as a fan experience, it's it's a fun time. Before I wrap it up, is there anything that we miss? Is there anything that if I wrap this up right now that you're going to think about when, you, when you're when you in bed at night and go, oh, I forgot to talk about the blank. I'm going to give uh, ourselves a hard time and just apologize to the Royals because you're doing great and uh, we didn't talk about you. That is fair. That is fair. You know, it's and again, the Royals have been there before. It's not like in 2014 that everyone was like, oh, here come the Royals, just like we expected. They had to change minds and then they had to come back in 2015 and change minds again. So I think that's part of their identity. I'm not necessarily buying what they're selling, but that's just because I am a cynical uh, writer and a jerk. Before the 2014-2015 run of the Royals, for two years straight, like I would say 13 and 12, like... I would listen to like the different, you know, radio shows and podcasts and things as I was like driving. I had like a 20 minute drive to my hitting facility in Houston. And all I heard about was the young Royals, the young Royals, the young Royals. So like there was like a a buildup of momentum of this young talent that was coming with the Moustakis and the Hosmer. And they had the Ventura throwing 100. They had, you know, um, the other guy coming out of the bullpen throwing 100. I, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name, Herrera. And, uh, you know, they brought in, obviously, Wade Davis did what he did. But there was two years of buildup and momentum. And then they peaked and they did their thing. And they went to two back-to-back World Series. Could have won two, just got one. So this is coming out of nowhere. I mean, they made some moves. But, like, last year they were, like, contending for, like, the number one pick overall. I might not be buying exactly what they're selling, but they spent this offseason trying to make the team better, which you can't say about a lot of the teams in the Royals position. You know, they went out and they got Benintendi, who's who's starting to hit a little bit. You know, they went out, they got Carlos Santana. Like, you know, they they went out and they're trying to get, you know, Mike Miner. They're they're trying to do what they're doing. So who am I to sit here and and denigrate it? Maybe maybe they're doing exactly what they wanted to do. That's what I'm saying. I'm calling us out for not saying anything about what they're doing right now. And Duffy is unbelievable. Like, what the heck? It's just amazing. Uh, this guy's got confidence. He knows how to pitch. I'm shocked at what they've done. Uh, but you know what? They obviously know something we don't know to, to go out and, and, and improve the team from where they were. Uh, they, be- they believe in themselves. And uh, so we'll see what happens. 
All right, this has been episode six of The Baseball Barista. I am Grant Brisby. I talked baseball with Hunter Pence. I had fun. Uh, I like I like the sport of baseball. I like the sport of baseball. I'm having a lot of fun this year. So thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week to talk more about this fun, fun, fun sport. Thanks for listening. I love coffee! <laughs>